To those unfamiliar with Bible prophecy, the expression giants on the earth appears to pop up seemingly out of nowhere in Genesis 6-4. Today, we begin a special investigative series that presents biblical angels and giants in a light like never before. Our panel of experts begin deep in Israel at the megalithic structure known as the Wheel of the Giants. After today, your view of the Nephilim will never be the same. everybody and welcome to Skywatch TV. I'm Joe Artis Horn. Today we begin a special investigative series with an all-star panel of experts that are here to discuss the brand new documentary series called Angels and Giants, The Watchers and the Nephilim. But first, before we get into the interview, watch this very short excerpt. There are stories in the Americas, most tribes from New Hampshire over to California talk about six fingers, red-haired giants that were 9, 10, 12 feet tall. There's over 500 tribes just in the United States alone. One thing that is prevalent in all the stories is stories of giants. The Shoshone, the Bannock, and the Paiute Indians all got together and formed one army chased about 60 giants into the cave down at Lovelock, and then they piled brush in front of the cave, and they lit it on fire. The Native Americans didn't have anything nice to say about the red-haired giants. They were cannibalistic, they were sexually perverse, sadistic. Bite your head off, drink all the blood out of your body. And then throw the body down, like popping a, a top off a of Coca-Cola. Hey, my brother's 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, this thing was a lot bigger than my brother. We followed her downstairs into the basement, and then she opened this cabinet, and there were the bones. You can see the face rock in front of us. That was the place where the high, the library, the books, the Dead Sea Scrolls, that among them we found the famous book of Enoch. You have these beings who belong in the spiritual realm, choosing to trespass and enter the natural realm in an illegal way members of the divine realm were allowed to come through a portal from one dimension into our dimension. You're at what they call Gilgal Rephaim, which translates loosely as Wheel of the Giants. So the reason why all this matters is because Bashan, which also means the land of the serpent, was the place where the giant Og reigned during the days of Moses. And Og's name can mean circle. And we're sitting here in a pile of 42,000 tons of stone circles that there's no way you can appreciate it unless you're high up in the sky. Early Israelites identified it as the work of giants. Therefore, it seems sufficient to say that in its ancient context, Circle of the Giants is a better translation of Gilgal Raphaim. I'm not like this, I'm soaking up this energy. There's a very special energy here. Could some of these wonders be the metaphorical handprints of the giants spoken of in Genesis? Welcome back to Skywatch TV. I'm Joe Artis Horn. You just took a brief look 
at the subject of discussion today in Angels and Giants, The Watchers and the Nephilim. We're going to get right into today's discussion. It's going to be explosive, I guarantee it. But first, let me introduce who's in-house. He's a television and documentary film producer who's worked with countless media outlets like Fox, MTV, CBS, and more. His works include Gentle Grace with Kathy Lee Gifford, Jesus the Search Continues with John Ankerberg, and the legendary Apocalypsis, the final warning docuseries. Please welcome Mr. Rudy Landa. He's the author of the best-selling titles, Giants, Sons of the Gods, Covenant Theology, Christ in the Old Testament, and the Q&A companion to the late Dr. Michael Heiser's best-selling supernatural game changer, The Unseen Realm. Please welcome Mr. Douglas Van Dorn. He's a multi-time, critically acclaimed, best-selling author, award-winning documentary film director, and the founder of Skywatch TV, Dr. Thomas Horn. His broadcasting career has spanned over 25 years. He's the best-selling author of the groundbreaking books, The Great Inception and The Last Clash of the Titans. Please welcome Mr. Derek Gilbert. Ladies and gentlemen, you have no idea what we've planned for you today. It is something very special. You are in for a series of weeks that I promise are a delicious treat, especially for those that have an interest in discussions like Raphaim, the giants from Genesis 6-4, and so much more, fallen angels, that reside in a body of work that makes up the subject of discussion today and for the next several weeks in Angels and Giants, The Watcher's and the Nephilim, and I want to dive right in. Rudy, as the writer and the lead producer of the new docuseries, Angels and Giants, The Watchers and the Nephilim, how did this massive body of work even come to pass? And I know that for our viewers, they'll find it very interesting. At the very beginning of the vision for this whole series, there was a call made via the phone between you and my father, Dr. Thomas Horn, wasn't there? That's right, and first of all, let me, let me just say thank you. So honored to be here with all this mental firepower. <laughs> um, and uh, I did, in fact, get a call from you. And on a personal note, I just want to say a big thank you uh -huh. for, for, your, uh, for your encouragement as the guy behind the, behind the scenes. That's, you have no idea what that meant at the time. <laughs> and um, then we unfortunately had a, had a lull, a breakdown in, in the communication mm -hmm. where we didn't talk for a little bit. Um, but I just want you to know that that meant a lot to us, not just myself, but to all of us at AnswerQuest right. as well. Well, that lull yeah. that you're describing was a time where my father had been through some COVID-related issues. That's right. That's right. And I think that there was a missing event for a lot of people that were in communication with That's him. Right. But he always That's had right. a belief Absolutely. in this project. And Absolutely. he was telling me, you know, two years ago, this has taken almost over three years, right, That's right. To, to ask. That's right. And I remember him recommending, you've got to talk to Carl Gallup. You've got to get some yes. of these guys in there. Yep. Yep. Um, and we're going we're gonna to get into the context of the DVD, but yep. very quickly... What do you think? Now, when I read your bio a moment ago, it really was difficult to pick and choose all of the, the bits and parts of what I would even disclaimer about a guy like Doug Van Dorn or Rudy Landa. You guys have worked with so many people. Uh, you've been all over the world. The expeditions that went into this docu-series, and I'm calling it a docu-series because I'm going to ask Rudy in just a minute, mm -hmm. multiple installations. This is not an hour and a half movie. Right. This is a full series that covers, in a way like we've never seen before, the whole discussion of the Watchers. How do your backgrounds, both of you, 
do you believe prepared you to take on a project like this? The beginning, the inception of, of this whole thing was coming out on the heels of, a, of another, another documentary. You mentioned that um, Apocalypses. Oh, right. And so the, yeah. the, um, the CEO of, of AnswerQuest said, what's next? What are we going to do next? You know? And I said, you know, I've, I've been hearing you know, lately in, in the lexicon of, the, of modern society, the Nephilim keeps coming up. And uh-huh, as soon right. as they said Nephilim, I mean, he just lit up. He said, <laughs> don't move. Right there. <laughs> he ran to the other room and came back with Doug's book. He had, he had just finished it, you know. Okay. And it was right coming up on the holidays, so he said, here's your homework for the Which holidays. Which of Doug's you know? book were you presented with? Giants, uh, Sons of the Gods. Giants, yep. Sons of the Gods. That's right. Okay, so that was the one that kind of That was the launching pad. Okay. That was the launching pad for that. So, yeah, so I took it over the holidays and absolutely devoured it. And we came back, and he was, he was just so into the idea of doing this that he, he basically said, go forth and produce, you know. <laughs> well, it sounds like Rudy's answer, Doug, kind of answers it for you, at least from some vantage point, in that you yeah. already had an inherent interest in this kind of topic material in the first place. You'd already authored books on this. Yeah, I mean, with so many other people, I probably have had a lifelong interest in weird things. Not necessarily the giants, but um, that certainly qualifies once you start learning about what they are, right? So, I mean, I've been a pastor for 20 years. I think that's something that's maybe a bit unique in this take on this subject. I try and bring some sort of a pastoral bent to, to what we're talking about. So hopefully it kind of reaches more to the church and the lay level sort of thing. But then, yeah, obviously I had written a book on giants, mostly just because... I had uh, stumbled across this guy who I didn't know who he was. Nobody I knew who knew who he was wrote a paper on Deuteronomy 32 and, and uh, had nothing to do with what I was preaching on at the time. Come back, uh, find another paper that sounded just like the same guy, and, and uh, it turns out it's Mike Heiser. It actually led me to some of the stuff that he had done in Roswell where I saw right. that you were down there, Tom, and, and uh, David Flynn and some of those people. And so I just kind of took a deep dive in the subject and... Uh, Next thing you know, I want to find out more about this, but I don't know anybody to talk to about it. Mm-hmm. And I'd written a couple books, so I thought, well, maybe I should see if I could write a book about it. And that, I really did that just to learn for myself, because it's, well, who else am I going to talk to, right? And I had no idea that it would ever lead to this, so. And it's interesting, because I, too, was a pastor for 25 years, but I always formerly trained in the assemblies of God, uh, and I, God has forgiven me for that, but, uh, uh, you know, I had this very narrow viewpoint about everything. Sons of Seth, I didn't yeah. believe in the idea of angels and, giant, uh, you know, mating with women and giving birth to these horrific entities of the Old Testament. So I, I suppressed all of that, but then after I uh, stopped pastoring and maybe truly got saved, uh, right, my mind was open, and, my, and actually my wife who is here, it was her hippie brother, John, who brought me this paper from the Southwest Radio Church where it had been talking about uh, the giants as the sons of women and fallen angels. And I said, that's the dumbest thing I've (laughs) ever heard in my life, right? And then you go forward about a decade, and I I too, I got interested. I'm like, okay, this intrigues me because now I'm retired. What am I going to do? Well, I got busier than I've ever been before. And then the the (laughs) floodgate opened. That's what started Raiders News Update, Skywatch TV, was this quest to find answers to the most complicated issues of our world and of our time because the world wonders about this stuff and like you do in this film. If you don't provide answers for like some of the megalithic structures that are worldwide that can possibly have been built by humans and many of them predate Adam and Eve, well, where in the world did that come from, right? Right. So that was also what kind of got my motor started and it's why we still have 
this flavor at Skywatch TV, right. Derek Gilbert, Sharon Gilbert, everybody. We take these things that the world wants to know about, and we provide answers, but always pointing it back to Jesus, right? right. Well, Rudy, you, you really took your time with this one. Again, Angels and Giants, The Watchers, and Nephilim. It's one of those projects you couldn't squeeze into a one-and-a-half-hour documentary film. Why did you lay this out over four one-hour chapters? Well, if I may, I want to I start off kind of where you left off, because I was kind of in the same boat. I, I was the guy who was discovering this along the way. I was raised, as you know from my bio, in the course of growing up in, in, in a, in a Bible-believing home, um, you know, the, the subject had come up, but it was almost like a speed bump, you know, where you mm -hmm. just kind of go yeah. over it to get to the next thing. And so it was eye-opening for me to know that there was so much to be said about it, you mm -hmm. know. And so the way that I approach my job is I am certainly not an expert. I am a filmmaker. I'm a producer. And so I basically go before the audience about five minutes or five months before they know what they need to know. And it was just so eye-opening that so many people, even in Christian, don't, don't really know so much about what's yeah. behind it. So it was amazing to be able to discover it as I went. And so that's, right. that's why it kind of happened like it did. We wanted to get a, the spiritual foundation of it all, which has to happen in the Holy Land, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the, the film starts in Gilgal Raphaim. And of course, I had to take Doug with me and it was amazing. It was an amazing experience to be out there with him and with my team. Um, a, Great, a very small team, but a very, very dedicated team. And of course, while in the Holy Land, we visit, you know, uh, the site of, of the, the fight between David and Goliath. I've been there, you know, a million times to that site. Mm -hmm. But once you're in the subject matter of the, of the study of the, of the Nephilim, it just takes a completely, completely different look. Yeah. And so from there, we go into the New World, you know, through, um, through Americo Vespucci's writings from the New World of the Island of Giants and so forth. That takes us into... Uh, the Southwest, because it opens the portal to the new world. It opens the door to the, to the study of the giants in the new world. And then from there, we go south to Peru, where, in my opinion, that was the epicenter of, of all things Nephilim and all things Watcher for right. the West. Right. Yeah. And then we conclude in, in Egypt, which to me, again, personally, my personal belief is that Egypt was the epicenter for the world mm. in, in all things Nephilim and all things Watcher. You know, Rudy's being very humble. He's describing himself as a filmmaker. And while he's a very good one, he also, to make sure that the theology of what he's asserting in yeah. the film is straightened out, this is why people like Doug are a part of the film. This is why Dr. Thomas Horn is a part of the film. Vital. Who, who else did you have on this film to kind of carry the heavy lifting of, of biblically framing all of what is being asserted in the movie? Well, we had a lot of people that you may have not have even heard of along the way, people, you know, uh, divine appointments type of thing, but Carl Gallup certainly was a, a huge, huge component of the spiritual validation, if you will. And Doug as well, his, his book is so biblically sound and, and researched, but we, we were blessed with, with people, for example, like Robert Putnam, who, who, is, who actually has a, he's a PhD in quantum mechanics and quantum physics, you know? So yeah, we were blessed with an amazing mega panel, if you will, in, yeah. the, in, the, in the cast. <laughs> but, but the thing is, man, along the way, even, even things that are kind of unorthodox, literally, and when I say literally, I mean it. On my way to Peru, I got a phone call and it can open a connection to interview the last remaining actual practicing Inca priest. Mm -hmm. Wow. They live in the mountains. These are the, the Caro people. They still live up in the Andes and they have to, they have to, it's a big deal to come out of the, the Andes and meet us in, in Cusco to sit down and have a conversation. And um, as we walked in through the door, he took our hands and put a, a coca leaf, you know, and he said, this wow. has been blessed by, you know, by my guardians, you know. 
And I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And I put it down, you know, um, very, very politely, you know. Um, but, but it was an, an amazing interview. Very, very eye-opening. He talked to us for about two hours, you know. And so, right. like I said, a lot of divine appointments. And for, stuff. for context, mm -hmm. though, these are not people contributing to the film that you're asserting have a biblical understanding or knowledge nope. of, of God's handiwork Correct. behind the, the reason that some of these structures may have come to pass and so forth. But, but like as my father did for decades, we would sit down with people that represented the transhumanist community so that we're not talking on their behalf about what their visions and beliefs are. Right. We're also not shock jocking them or doing a hit piece. We're just letting them simply explain their worldview. And then we go back through the Bible to framework why some of these individuals mm -hmm. may have taken that belief based on some of the structures that they've seen or some of the lore or the history that came out of their people. Does that make sense? Uh, no, absolutely. And, and the thing is, what's, what's really interesting about that is that just in conversation, some of the things that come up without even having to lead them to it, you know, you're in a position to say, okay, believers or people who believe in, in the Bible, listen to what he's saying because all these guardians he's talking about, all these, uh, all these visitations that he's having as you ascend his levels of consciousness, you know, he says, you know, once we get to a certain level of consciousness, we can actually sit down and have like afternoon coffee with the guardians, which are the watchers, you know? Yeah, right, right. So it, it's, and when I say divine appointment, I, I say God put these people you know, into our, our paradigm right. to, to actually be able to prove or be able to give, give a living example of the things that we're talking right. about. And you know what I found interesting in your film was as the priest was talking, some of the stuff he's saying is reminding me, Joe, of when we were down was just in the Four that. Corners, sit down with Dr. Dr. Don, Don Rose, you know, who's mm -hmm. also not a Christian per se, but very warm yes. to the idea of Christian yeah. stuff. But everything he's telling us from Navajo legend, from the, you know, from uh, Chaco Canyon, everything is matching up with the biblical story sure. of the giants and the flood and right. the reptilians. Exactly. Okay. So that's pretty amazing because it tells you that around the world there is a harmony yes. that tells you that before there was a time when these people could communicate deep into the West or anything like that, they all had the same message right. and all at around the same time yep. in history. So it seems to have been a global confirmation right. of an event that took place involving the fallen watchers and angels. I want to switch and talk to you for a second, Doug, because I understand that the film begins in northern Israel at the Wheel of Giants, and I mentioned that at the onset of the program, but this location is of particular interest to you. Do you want to tell us why? I mean, there's so much of a convergence of things that's, that are taking place in the Bashan, today's Golan Heights. Uh, go back to the days of Og the Giant, you know, you ask people who the most famous giant in the world is, people say Goliath, but... Uh, in older days, it would have been Og. This mm. is the guy that Moses ends up killing. And uh, he is in this area. This is where he's ruling over. Curiously, his name can mean a circle. And so when you start studying for Rephaim, Nephilim stuff on the Google, inevitably, especially if you hit images, up will come the wheel of the giants, the circle right. of the giants. Yep. So that's a modern name. But if you don't know anything about it, it's this ancient structure that took 120,000 day man hours to make this thing. It's incredibly old, at least 6,000 years, according to the archaeologists that Derek and I uh, just were out there visiting with as we were on the site. And the other interesting thing about the place is that this is very near. In fact, it's due north of the wheel is Mount Hermon, where the whole incident with the watchers and the women take place. And the whole valley there called Bashan actually means the place of the serpent. Mm -hmm. 
And so the serpentine idea of the watchers that are serpentine creatures, uh, Satan being a serpentine creature, that's what Bashan is. So you put all these things together, and this is a supernatural epicenter. Right, and it's all covered in this incredible body of work. Before we run out of time, we want to make sure that you at home know how you can get your copy of Angels and Giants, The Watchers, and The Nephilim. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Christ compared the days of his return to those of Noah. Genesis 6-4 says, There were giants in the earth in those days. Are we as humans once again about to be brought face to face with a prophesied super race of malevolent giants, literally hell-bent on the destruction of the image of God and his people? What modern-day mystery surrounding Gilgal Raphaim, the ancient wheel of giants, might be linked to a sudden hyper-acceleration of end times prophecy? Skywatch TV is proud to unveil for for the first time anywhere, the docuseries that uncovers what Bible scholars have missed for hundreds of years, the Angels and Giants Expedition Collection. When you order this phenomenal new collection, you'll receive the Angels and Giants, the Watchers and the Nephilim four-part docuseries on DVD. This groundbreaking new series travels the world and unveils for the first time ever archaeological, cultural, and even spiritual evidence of the existence of fallen angels and giants here on Earth, beings whose allegorical, historical, and even physical handprints have remained purposely hidden behind the veil by wicked, anti-God evildoers. Until now. Join producer and director Rudy Landa, along with Tim Ross and their incredible team of scholars as they travel thousands of miles around the world to investigate dozens of ancient locations like Gilgal Raphaim, known as the Wheel of Giants, the megalithic structure in Israel that many prophecy experts believe was the place of biblical legend where Moses encountered an ancient species of giants when Israel settled in the land of Canaan and may even be the tomb of King Ah, the king of Bashan. Featuring interviews with world-renowned experts in ancient history, biblical theology, and academia, like Dr. Thomas Horn, Doug Vendor, Carl Gallops, L.A. Marzulli, Robert Putty Putman, Fritz Zimmerman, Stephen Wondernick, and Chief Joseph and Dr. Laura Lynn Riverwind, The Angels and Giants, The Watchers and the Nephilim four-part docuseries on DVD, brings you face-to-face with the truth about biblical portals, ancient star gods, the Book of Enoch, the rebellion in heaven involving fallen angels that brought about the birth of giants, a race of super beings known as the Nephilim, and the possibility of their imminent return here on earth. But that's not all. This brand new collection also includes the Angels and Giants Illuminated Companion DVD. This standalone masterpiece takes you on an expedition of epic proportion. Join as the experts from the Angels and Giants series continue their examination of biblical giants, the Watchers and the Nephilim. You will explore the mysteries of ancient megalithic structures and learn why so many First Nation tribes and civilizations share the same origin stories rooted in the existence of giants and what the Bible has to say about about all of it. Sold separately, these items in the Angels and Giants Expedition Collection hold a retail value of $85. Yours right now for your donation of only $35 plus shipping and handling. You can scan the QR code on your screen right now using the camera app on your phone to place the order at the skywatchtvstore.com or call 1-844-750-4985 and ask for the Angels and Giants Expedition Collection today.
<laughs> Joe, I just wanted to jump in here real quick because uh, we had the opportunity, Sharon and me, to uh, go with Doug mm-hmm. and his wife Janelle to uh, Israel, and we visited Gilgal Rephaim, the Serpent Mound. We, as Doug mentioned, we spent a day with the archaeologist who's done the most recent excavations there, Dr. Michael Freakman. The thing that occurs to me, though, is as we talk about this, because you know, like you, Doug, I've been a long-time interest in weird things, <laughs> but um, a lot of Christians may be watching this program and think this is all fascinating archaeology. But what does this have to do? With, shouldn't we just focus on yeah. Jesus? Right. And I agree, we should. And the fact is that Jesus paid attention to this because he declared his divinity at Caesarea Philippi, which is at the base of Mount Hermon. Right. Which I, wow. I think the best way to describe Mount Hermon is like the Canaanite version of Mount Olympus, mm-hmm. you know, where the gods met. Jesus took his disciples there. It's a 30 mile walk from the base of his ministry uh, at uh, Capernaum, which in that terrain, Doug, you'd agree, it would take more than like three days to walk there yeah. across those mountains. And then six days later, he climbs the mountain itself with James and Peter and John and is transfigured. So essentially, he was declaring, hey, look, this is important to me, so mm-hmm. we should probably pay attention. Yeah, Derek, that reminds me, we were talking earlier about you know, these sites, and I think about going, people going to Israel, and they go to all these popular sites, you know, Church of the Holy Sepulchre, and it just everybody goes to the same tour sites. And when we were there, we went to these completely off-beaten trail sites. And it's like, why would you want to do that? Got stuck in the mud getting to some of these sites. (laughs) We did. Uh, Almost fell in the mud on some of these sites. And it's like, why would you want to do this? And it's, to me, it's because this is the background material Mm -hmm. behind the reason for the entire supernatural war that we find in the scripture that culminates with what Jesus does in his first coming. And if you can understand the background material, which the wheel is certainly part of in the entire region, then it brings the scripture alive in ways that you couldn't possibly comprehend before you knew that. And to me, that makes the entire thing worth it. And I would add that you can't possibly understand much of the life of Jesus Christ, what his mission was, what he was doing. In fact, the book I published by Heiser, Reversing Hermon, the Forgotten Mission of Jesus Christ, because so many of the places where he went, like you were just talking about at the base of Caesarea Philippi, uh, the things he does there, when he goes up on the mountain and he's transfigured, he's literally mocking the, the angels that gave up their glorified bodies and came Mm. down into this dimension. He's going there and literally reversing it. And so many of the things he does in his life is in opposition to what the watchers had brought here. And in fact, you know, as Heiser always argued, that when we say, what was the original sin, right? And people always go to the fall of Adam and Eve and say, that was the original sin. He says, no, it wasn't. It was what happened on Mount Hermon. Mm. And that is what Jesus came to reverse and to um, deliver us from. Now, Rudy, before we run out of time with just about a minute on the clock, because I want to make sure that viewers at home understand, it's not just the angels and giants, the watchers and the Nephilim. You had so much content during these expeditions that you guys took, your team. uh, You really had to kind of build out a second bonus DVD called Angels and Giants Illuminated. This is a whole expanded DVD that includes more interviews, more footage. Well, we had hours and hours of footage, as you can imagine, over the process of over a year of actual production and so um it, so many times it was just you know it was like picking a favorite child you, know, you can't do that <laughs> like know? why yeah right terrible so yeah we kept track of the stuff that was just the, the good material that unfortunately couldn't make it and so we were like you know what let's just do another, let's do another one and let's not overdress it and overcreate let's let them talk man people right, want right. to hear what you have to say and we compiled quickly mm-hmm. <laughs> um just content just good 
commentary, and as you'll see, it's, it's across the board. You know, right. it's like, yeah. what, is, what does Tom Horn have to say? And let him talk for just let 10 him talk. minutes. Wind him up, or, let him or, go. Yeah, and, and, yeah. Or, or L.A. Marzulli or Putty Putman and all these, just let them talk, or, or Doug. <laughs> you know, just let Doug talk at his, his coffee table at home, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that was a fun one. Well, hold your thoughts. Yeah. We're going to have to do this again next week when our guests return to talk about a place called Gilgal Raphaim, the Wheel of the Giants, and what Bible scholars might have missed for hundreds and hundreds of years regarding this ancient location. It's not one you're going to want to miss. Friends, did you have fun today? Keep your eyes on the prize, which is Jesus Christ. We'll be back next week.